Listener Production. Hey there, I'm Ben Sion Siebert and this is your Afternoon Briefing. There are many ways in Australia to have a kid if you can't physically procreate one. Options include fostering a child with the risk that that child doesn't stay with you forever. You can adopt, although this is now vanishingly rare, or you can find a surrogate. In Australia, it's illegal to pay someone to carry a child for you, but there's nothing stopping you paying someone overseas. The head of the Catholic Church, Pope Francis, this month described surrogacy as, quote, a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child based on the exploitation of situations of the mother's material needs. But that's not everyone's experience or everyone's view. 213 Australian babies were born through international surrogacy in the most recent year that we have data for. Luke O'Halloran and Scott O'Halloran, otherwise known as comedy duo Luke and Sassy Scott, are brothers. They have a massive public profile with their podcast and TikTok presence amassing millions of fans here and overseas. Last year, Scott and his partner Marcus made the decision to become parents through international surrogacy. I sat down with Scott and Luke to talk through that decision and the journey that they've been on since. Thanks so much for having this conversation with us. It's really exciting to have you on the podcast. You you were talking about your coming out story and how that's related to your wanting or not wanting or being able to have a family. Can you tell me that story? Yeah, I grew up in a family with three brothers, a beautiful mum and dad um, who are still together today, and an extended family, lots of, you know, cousins, uncles and aunties, friends of families. You know, we grew up in a really big community and network and had a great tribe around us. And I really valued and wanted to have a family one day in my life. And I knew if I had ever come out of the closet that that would be taken away from me. You know, in the back of my mind that if I did, there were so many things that I possibly then would not be able to achieve in life. But you are going to be able to achieve this. Congratulations. You're having twins. Yeah. So how do you feel about becoming a dad? Listen, I am nervous. I'm excited. Am I ready? Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't think any parent's ever ready. And that's what I've heard, um, a real resounding response from everybody saying, you'll never be ready. You know, I'm trying to renovate at the moment and get all the nursery and things done before they come. Everybody said, you'll never have everything finished. Don't worry. (laughs) So there are many options, all of them complicated for someone who's in a partnership with someone who's not of the same, of a different gender, I should say. Yeah. But you chose international surrogacy. Can you take me through the reasons you did that and what options you had? When my husband and I first went to a, a, a surrogacy conference called Growing Families, they're a wonderful organisation here in Australia, having the conversations and bringing people who want to have par- be parents and have children together. What Marcus and I first thought when we were going there was that we would be the, the majority in the room. There'd be mm-hmm. lots of gay couples. Mm-hmm. And we were the minority. We actually found that there were so many hetero, um, then some same sex, um, then some single, they call them singletons, Mm -hmm. um, people that wanted to be parents as well. People that want to become parents that can't conceive naturally, there's no discrimination in it. There's so many types of people out there that want to be parents Mm -hmm. that can't be naturally. And so from that conference, we found that there were 
let's call it 11 different options available in that room for people like Marcus and I that we could select and choose from. Mm. And that was through surrogacy. Mm. But we were fascinated by a certain, um, let's call it fertility process that we could undertake. Mm -hmm. It was available in America. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to be a dad? (laughs) Wow, I haven't been asked this question before. I have a really good dad. I... I've seen the impact of what having a good father has done to me. Um, You know, I'm a big thinker, I'm a dreamer, and my dad allowed me to have my dreams and probably chase them, and so did my mum. And I've also been really let down by a lot of friends in mine and Marcus's network. We've watched a lot of, believe it or not, Men be great disappointments to um, our girlfriends, um, to their children. And so I really want to make sure that I bring some really good people into this world that have, you know, a dad that they can um, lean on, that they, that can, you know, draw the boundary line to them, mm-hmm. but can be there and be available to them and show them, I think, you know, the right morals that, you know, my parents showed me and Luke. That's wonderful. So, Tell us about the process that you're going through at the moment. How's it all working? It was, it's, I'll try and pack six years into (laughs) 60 seconds for you. We chose a surrogacy agency in Texas and they then connected us to a fertility clinic. And now this fertility clinic specialise in double embryo transfer and they have a really high success rate. Can you just quickly explain what a double embryo transfer is? I I will try. (laughs) A double embryo transfer is meaning you will have two viable embryos Uh and they will transfer them to a surrogate Mm -hmm. and they will stick to the uterus and then will end up becoming hopefully healthy babies. Now, what I found out in fertility here in Australia we don't have those incredible success rates that some places in America do. Why? Because they're able to do genetic testing at day five of an embryo. So embryo is, um, you know, an egg and has, that's been fertilized mm-hmm. with sperm. Mm-hmm. At day five, they can do genetic testing. Don't quote me, but it's somewhere up to 3,000 genetics. They can test on that embryo. They will advise you to destroy it or that it is like of a good grade Mm -hmm. and that that should be transferred. They are doing everything they can to set you and your family up for success. I found here in Australia, it was kind of the opposite. We could do all of that testing, but they weren't allowed to. So they could actually be transferring an embryo that is not viable or Mm. perhaps may have a whole lot of genetic issues, you know, and therefore will lead to, let's call it a miscarriage or complications. And then they have to start that process all over again. There are some really complicated issues behind an international paid surrogacy. I wonder how you wrestled with those issues, particularly in light of the fact that the Pope, (laughs) whose advice I don't know whether you would take particularly seriously, I don't, I know I don't in my personal (laughs) life, he described surrogacy as deplorable. This is complicated. How do you think about it? I don't find it complicated because I find a man like that quite deplorable equally, right? I flick that back to him because what I, I know is that there's a lot of people that do really dream of having a family 
and it is not necessarily their fault. You know, you think of young girls that have cervical cancer, that they experience that at, a, you know, like 18, 19, at young ages, that then can't conceive naturally. Mm. But their purpose might be to raise a family or to be a parent one day. And there are options for that person to realise their dream. Listen, I grew up Catholic. I've got lived experience with, you know, the Catholic Church and, you know, how hurtful their views can be, you know, to many people out there. So I've never necessarily gone by what that man or anybody within that faith, you know, shares with me. And if I did, you know, I wouldn't have the great success and joy and happiness that I have in my life if I did listen to people like that. And I suppose you've got Luke here as well, Scott's brother. But to add Hello, on Luke. that, you could you could argue as well that the Catholic Church has probably robbed a lot of people's childhoods as well, which if you've got it to bring in the Pope, like, let's talk about that issue as well. But also you could point at Mary being the original surrogate. She either carried God's child God, yeah. or you could argue that... I don't know, maybe it was the next door neighbor's kids. Correct. So which one is Yeah, which Pope? one? That's <laughs> yeah. so true. She was the OG surrogate, Mary. So, you know, Jesus was born through surrogacy. You heard it here first. Um, it's been a six-year journey. Yeah. Uh, tell us about some of the setbacks that you've had. When we first signed with our surrogacy agency in Texas, this was prior to the far right getting in and taking control over a woman's body in that state. And, you know, we had paid quite a lot of money at that point and then found out that actually um, to have an abortion in Texas was illegal. And that became very complicated for us, um, for our agency. But, you know, I'm somebody that's all in. And I said, no, we'll figure out a way to do this and we'll stick to it. So that was one of the complications we faced. Another one was sending, you know, your sperm to America during COVID. Now, you actually have to send your blood ahead of your sperm. The FDA has to test it within seven days of it be- the sample being taken. Mm-hmm. We had that turned back three times. Why? Because shipping took an extra day. Uh, cargo, you know, stayed um, in a port longer than what it was supposed to. So each and every single time that happened uh, cost me and my husband $15,000. We were waiting for years to be matched with a surrogate. We got one and then four weeks in, you know, that fell through. But everything happens for a reason. We're both professionals at the end of the day, me and my husband, and we just knew to stick to the plan and stay in the process step by step. And now that we're pregnant, I want to make this really clear, right? We are, we got 40 days to go, right? And that six years, I can't remember it. Absolutely. So you've you've got a surrogate and you've got a egg donor. Who yep. are those people? We the the fascinating thing with egg donor. We um, went with a database in US in California in Beverly Hills. And it's like online dating. It was really important to my husband. Our egg donor was a scholar, somebody who had a, a you know higher education. But that wasn't important to me because I never had that. I wanted somebody who had height because I'm short and I wish I was tall. <laughs> and I wanted to set my future kids up for success, um, that they could reach things from the top shelf, uh, you know, and never had to ask people. Yeah. And I also wanted personality. Now, this was really rare. We asked once, we found um, our egg donor who is a volleyballer. They are six foot six tall. Their brothers are over seven foot. So ticking those boxes, right? Their heritage is Jamaican, African, Chinese, Puerto Rican. And, you know, we just connected visually and the way they were on paper was phenomenal, right? Mm -hmm. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. They had scholarships, the works. We then requested if we could talk with her. And that's rare. And 
we did. We got the opportunity to FaceTime her. She was in her dentist chair and she was like, hey, y'all. And her dentist was sitting behind <laughs> her and he's like, hey, how you going, guys? And she was so cool. And I got off the call and I said to Marcus, was that weird? And he said, not at all. That's something you would do. That is personality 101. She was cool. And so from that point, we said, she's our egg donor. And our surrogate, though, had to actually choose us. So the surrogate had puts their whole life on hold Mm. to create your family Mm. and to bring your dreams to life. And when we were selected by her, we felt really humbled. She has two of her own children. And just recently, you know, due to some complications, Christmas, she was in hospital for the whole of Christmas and then put on bed rest. And she has her own two kids and a husband and her own extended family. But she did all, went through all of that to make mine and Marcus's dreams come true. Now, you don't just do that for money. You do that for purpose. And Mm. she said something in her birth plan, which is just, you know, makes mine and Marcus's hair stand up every time we read it. She was asked, where do you see, you know, Scott and Marcus during the birth? Mm. And she said, the parents will be either side of me, Scott on the right, you know, Marcus on the left. I would never, ever take, you know, that away from any parent to see their children being born, which was, I think, gorgeous and says so much about, again, surrogates as people. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're wonderful. Are you scared? Is this a scary process for you? Because this is someone overseas that you don't have a great deal of access to sort of on a day-to-day basis. Is it a little bit scary at the moment? We have a WhatsApp group chat that's called Modern Family. (laughs) 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 And um, she's very available to us in that sense. Am I scared? No, because... You know, you have to put a lot of trust in people around you. We've made some really good decisions in our life. We've connected with the right people through this process. We're contracted and everyone's contracted out their ass. They are binding these things, right? It's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. We've had to consider it all. In mine and Luke's career lately, we've had to learn to trust people and how to figure out how to have the right people around you. And I think a lot of, you know, what Luke and I have found in that process in entertainment has kind of carried over into this process as well of trusting and checking and ticking your boxes. I'm scared about being a dad. I'm scared about control. I'm a previous executive producer. I was across every detail, you know, in projects. And Mm -hmm. now I'm going to have babies that won't be able to follow a a run (laughs) sheet um, or a schedule or a plan. And I'm going to try and follow that. And perhaps they're not going to. That's what scares me. Luke, uh, how have you felt through this whole process? It must have been um, a roller coaster for you as well. When normally someone you know is about to have kids or pregnant, you're visually seeing it. There's a pregnant person in front of you that that's the excitement as well, which in this instance probably lacked that uh, to a degree. And you hear Scott talking about it and it doesn't seem real because you're not seeing it, right? Uh, The part where it felt real for me, yes, I can have excitement for him, but Mm -hmm. to be truthful, on our podcast, we actually got to interview the surrogate where we were talking to her one-on-one and she was able to make it all real for me. And you could see how real it was for Scott. He started crying during it. And it was just that visual thing that I feel like that's the one part you lack in this situation. That's what hit for me. There's a part in, I think it's episode three. And this is the Luke and Sassy Scott podcast. That's correct. We've done three baby bonus episodes because I really wanted to unpack the process Mm -hmm. for people out there that 
perhaps don't know where to start or what the process looks like. We've done it in three, I think, 22-minute, you know, episodes. Luke thinks he's Mike Munro in how he <laughs> interviews me. But just like yourself, you've got so many questions for Scott that when we did announce the pregnancy, mm. so many questions were coming through. On every picture we posted, the comments were breaking records. Like, our DMs, I couldn't keep up with it. But we're like, how else can we do it to answer a lot of the questions? So that was the idea behind the podcast, um, mini sort of series, three episodes. And when when we do chat to our surrogate in episode three, there is a moment where, you know, she talks about the joy of being a parent and she has her own two children and how she just can't understand somebody not being able to have that joy that wants to be Mm. a parent. And I just absolutely broke for the first time. I haven't shared one tear in the last six years because it's been a process and believe it or not, Marcus and I have kept it quite contained. But that just, you know, I'm so humbled and privileged that there are people out there like her that are helping people like us. Well, Scott, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And good luck. Thank you. <laughs> That was comedy duo Luke and Sassy Scott. And you can listen to their podcast by searching Luke and Sassy Scott on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on right now. That's all we have time for, for this afternoon briefing. Tomorrow, we'll be bringing you special morning and afternoon editions of the briefing on Australia Day or Invasion Day and what it means in 2024. We've got some unique and powerful perspectives you won't hear anywhere else, so don't miss it. In the meantime, if you've got feedback on the show or guest ideas, hit us up on Instagram at The Briefing Podcast and send us a DM. I'm Ben Siebert. Thanks for listening. Listener.